Hey, seasoned athletes, I'm Robin Leggett, and this is episode 59 of the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. Seasoned Athlete is your home for inspiring stories and motivational advice from competitive athletes representing a wide variety of sports who all share one common bond. They are all over 40 years old. We're here to prove one story at a time that age does not have to prevent you from achieving your bold athletic and fitness goals. If you like what you hear, I would love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you really love us, you can support our ability to continue to bring inspirational stories to you by way of either a one-time donation or by becoming a monthly sponsor. Just go to seasonedathlete.me and click on one of the support seasoned athlete buttons to help support this DIY independent podcast. Also, stay tuned to the end because I have a special free gift to help you bring out your inner seasoned athlete. I'll tell you more about it after today's interview. I think you're going to be so inspired that you will want this gift. Today's guest is currently on a mission to do something truly extraordinary. Her name is Helene Neville, and she's on the final leg of a run across all 50 states. You heard me right, all 50 states. Right now, she's in Alaska, and in just a couple days, she'll complete her run across Alaska, the 50th state that she has run across. She's doing this without any major sponsorships, and only with the help of donations and volunteers. And why is she doing this? Simply to prove that nothing is impossible. I got to talk to Helene during a short break in her run, and we had a truly fantastic, fun, and lively conversation. Get ready to learn about how to live a life with no excuses. This is Helene Neville. Hi, Helene. Hi. Are you ready to drop some seasoned athlete knowledge in our listeners today? I am. Fabulous. You are Helene Neville, and you're currently running from Anchorage, Alaska to the Arctic Ocean. Once completed, Alaska will be the 50th state that you will have run across on foot. Your journey has spanned nine years and will conclude with 14,000 miles. You will be the second person on the planet to run across every state and the first woman first grandma, first nurse, first cancer survivor to run across every state solo. Is there anything vital personally, professionally, or from your athletic life that you'd like to take a quick moment to fill in? Um, Just that, you know, there's no limits. And the only limits are what we put on ourselves. And there could be longevity in anything you want to do. Yeah. And you are living proof of that. You are living proof of living a limitless life. And I can't wait to get into your story. So from here, I'm going to ask the big question that I ask all my guests. And that is, what is your age at this moment in time? (laughs) I am 58 and 11 months old. 58 and 11 months old, about to turn 59. And here you are running across Alaska with the most 58, 59 year old people are not even thinking about doing such a thing. (laughs) And here you are. So before we get into that, and I really, really want to get into this, um, I'm going to go back in time. I want to know, um, when did you start playing sports or what did your early athletic life look like? Did, were you active growing up? I was very active in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where I grew up, but um, running, sprinting, sprinting was kind of my forte. And of course, every little school, Catholic school girl played basketball. So I did that in high school. I ran cross country and was a track athlete and basketball and very, very good at it. And were you, you know, after school, did you continue running into your adult life? 
Well, I ran 5Ks. I think my first marathon, well, I don't think I know, in 1998 when the doctors said my immune system was shot and kind of get your affairs in order. Uh, had you been diagnosed with cancer at that point? Yes. And I went through um, three brain surgeries and oh chemo, radiation. And in 98, I left the hospital and went home. And I always wanted to do a marathon. I knew nothing about a marathon. But when I lived in Vermont, everybody talked about the Boston Marathon. And I just thought, you know, I think I want to do that. I want to run a marathon. So when I went home from the hospital, I signed up for the Chicago Marathon in 98. So you had cancer. You had had multiple brain surgeries. The doctors were telling you, there's not much we can do. Get your affairs in order. And and so you're like, okay, I will get my affairs in order. I have a bucket list item, run a marathon. Is that kind of the way you were, the, the way the thought process worked where you didn't think you had time left? So you needed to get this done? Yeah, that's exactly how it went. And I just wanted to replace negative memories or any scenes my sons, my young sons were thinking about or remembering me being sick constantly or in the hospital with just fun, good memories and I started training for a marathon. So um, how did you shift from becoming, you know, running your first marathon when by all accounts you had very little time left to running across the United States? Like what what shifted um, or where where did that the thought come from that, you know, I'm going to do something really, really bold? <laughs> I love that bold. Um, and, and it was for that reason. I, I really wanted to just reach people on the fringes, the people that are forgotten, the um, unfortunate people, the people no one really celebrates or recognizes. And I wrote my first book, Nurses in Shape, a fitness book for nurses. And I thought, you know, what if I run across America and stop at every hospital? They'd have to take me serious. And so <laughs> I, I, mean, I knew you're nothing. right. <laughs> and then my mom had passed away and I, part of me went to try to find her. And, oh, wow. and I had this calling to go through the Southern route. I, I did a lot of research on people that have run across America and very few, I think only six or nine had ever run the Southern route. And all, they were all guys, all did it in the winter. And I'm like, well, well, you know, that settles it. I'm running in the summer. (laughs) I got to, I got to do the harder version, like whatever it is, I'm going to do the harder version. (laughs) And I, I went out and to try to inspire health um, practitioners to be a better version of themselves, to be a better ambassador for healthy living and inspire that in their patients, community and family. And within a couple miles, it became much bigger than that. And I stopped at cancer centers and, and it was just this amazing, beautiful display of humanity that I encountered. And there was no way I could stop. And then I was on a mission to prove that there's more good than we ever imagined. And, I went out there putting myself vulnerable with nothing. I, I was completely solo and relied on just 
mankind and neighborly spirit to house me, feed me, or just kind of help me, whatever it was. And, and that all took place. So it was so inspiring for myself and then for others. So was this the beginning of running the perimeter of the United, the entire United States? Well, I ran from California to Florida in 2010 and through the southern portion of the U.S. in the summer, the heat of the summer. And then I actually got sick after that, a relapse. And I wasn't, it wasn't on my mind to run again. And then my 56-year-old brother passed away unexpectedly. And and he always wanted to travel. And I knew I was going to go back on the road and I told my family, you know, I wanted to take them and they mailed me and, and I was like, you know, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. I'm going to put his ashes. I'm going to carry his ashes Period. from Canada to Mexico in my backpack. And like right before the run, right before I was leaving for Canada, UPS rang the door and the doorbell handed me this huge box and it was an urn with ashes and it weighed 26 pounds. So, so he and was heavy. <laughs> I'm like, he is freaking heavy. <laughs> so, uh, but I promised I'd take him and, um, he weighs a lot less now because I have actually left a part of him in every single state. Oh, wow. Wow. So he's still with me. Yeah. Yeah. You're still carrying him. You're still carrying him. I am. I wow. still, and he was a really great musician so in addition to hospital schools cancer centers i stop at every music store along my journey if it happens to be on that road i'm on i stop and go in and meet them and you know take a picture or they'll hold his urn or whatever what a i just it's so beautiful what you're doing because you're taking what has happened in your life your you know the cancer and Mm -hmm. using it to help others on this journey. And then the things that meant a lot to your brother, you're making sure that he's a part of that too. And, and visiting people who might've meant a lot to him. So it's like every step of your journey has meaning and helps others. It does. And I'm so glad that you see that. And I even dropped his ashes at the rock and roll hall of fame in Cleveland. And that was really that was neat. So he's with all his idols. And right. Oh, cool. how cool. So, okay. So the, <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping track of your, your travels. Um, so you went, um, you did the Southern border of the United States in the summer. Um, you did the Northern border. Uh, Everything, every time I did a route, I started May 1st. <clears throat> I started California to Florida, Canada to Mexico, Southern, uh, the Keys, Marathon, Florida to Maine, gotcha. Eastern or Western Canada slash Eastern Maine, all the way to Ocean Shores, Washington, across the top. My, May 1st was one of my mom's favorite days, and I always started the run on May 1st, and then I got sick again. And, and I had my port in my chest and I went to Philly because I actually didn't think I was going to make it through and I wanted to take my brother home. And so I created this marathon of love. I would start at our, our childhood home, spread some of his ashes, 
run 10.2 to the rocky steps. That's symbolic of the underdog. And I finished the marathon by running up and down the steps for 16 miles. Wow. <laughs> Helene. And, oh my and it turns out the record, I think, on the rocky steps, and I did, I ran 10 miles to get there and I had a port, my chemo port still in. And I, the record on the Rocky Steps was seven miles and I ran 16. <laughs> your grit and your determination is off the charts. I love it. So, so I made it and secretly I told myself if I was going to make it, if I didn't die trying this run, <laughs> then I was going to run the 12 interior states and complete the whole um, continental U.S. So May 1st, 2017, I started running in Wyoming. May 2nd, I was in the hospital for altitude sickness. (laughs) And and then I ran all the way to West Virginia and back all, and then did a loop, came back and ended in Nevada. Wow. Okay. So, so when you did the, you did the the perimeter and then you had 12 states left if you wanted to do continental and that's, that's when you, you you got that after you've dealt with the altitude sickness in the beginning. And so that, yeah, that's no joke. That's no joke. I mean, none of what you're doing is, it should be taken lightly, but uh, it's interesting the things that, that will delay you or take you out in doing an endeavor like this. You know? Oh well, yeah. Wait till you hear about this run. <laughs> we need to get to Hawaii first, right? <laughs> I know, right? So I I did that run, finished in Las Vegas on the strip where I was ha- happened to be living, and and then I was like, I got it. I'm so close. I'll never be this close, and I don't know of any other person that's this close. I have to go to Hawaii. I mean, obviously you have to, after doing that, I mean, even just for a vacation, you have to go to Hawaii, but yeah. you're, not, you're not very well just going to Hawaii to lay on the beach. You've got to, you got to no. run. Yeah. So when, when did, <laughs> well, you're right. Well, maybe after you're done with Alaska, you might be able to uh, enjoy a nice beachfront vacation. Uh-huh. If you, I don't know if you could sit still, but if you could, <laughs> <laughs> but Hopefully. okay. So when, okay. You finished the continental United States. When did you finish that? Um, September 23rd of 2017. Of 2017. And you had begun all of this in 2010? Yes. So it's been, it had been seven years that you've been traversing mm-hmm. all of the states in the continental United States. And then when did you go to Hawaii? I went to Hawaii a year ago in September or August, just about a year ago today, a year ago. actually. Yeah. And then, and then how long did that one take? It only took six days. I I ran okay. around Oahu because of the volcano on, I believe it was on Hawaii or mm-hmm. um, I can't remember which island. So the next largest one was um, I ran the perimeter of Oahu. And so that one was easy by comparison, it sounds like. Yeah, it actually wasn't very easy. I knew I didn't feel just right. And so it was difficult. I don't know if it was the climate or I, I don't know what it was, but I made it through in six days for, I think it was 127 miles. That's kind of slow, but. <laughs> but you got it done. It's not as, it sounds like it's not necessarily about the speed in, in this endeavor. Oh no. Yeah. It's slow and steady wins the race. That's right. You the are time. the, you are the tortoise in this scenario. <laughs> 
So that's right. Yeah. So Alaska, we finally got into Alaska. When did you start running in Alaska? I started Alaska April 4th and I actually did it in two segments. I ran the first um, Anchorage to basically the start of the Dalton Highway. It took 23 days or so and it was pretty grueling. And I wanted to wait to do the Dalton Highway when the weather obviously was warmer because the road is, it's unlike, it's like any, unlike anything I've ever encountered. And it is up and down in these hills. These steep inclines are a mile, two miles, three miles long. It's a no joke run Yeah, where, where everything has to go off and perfect. And I started this second section segment of it, July 14th, ran six miles and there was a major storm. And then I had a corneal abrasion, so I had to take two days off oh, <laughs> and and then went back out there for three days and having vaginal bleeding, like hemorrhaging the whole time, came oh, back here to Fairbanks to the hospital. <clears throat> I happened to know one of the physicians in Anchorage who made a call up here and I had surgery on um, Saturday the 19th. And then I started running again on the 21st, and I've been doing 20 miles a day since. <laughs> Holy moly. I'm sorry. Wait a second. Back up. I know. You, People are like, wait, what? Yeah. You had surgery. <laughs> for the record, just just for the, you know, depending on when this interview airs, we are recording this on July 26th. Um, you had surgery on July 19th, and you started running two days later? Yes, I took, yeah, basically I took two days post-op to rest. Well, that's good of you to get some rest. <laughs> and uh, nurses are the worst patients. Yeah, you know, and that's way. something I gathered even back when this started. Your mission was to help healthcare practitioners live healthier lives. And it, that might be a surprising bit of information for the casual listener <laughs> that healthcare practitioners yeah. need help living a healthy life. But it's true, and I've heard this before, that that you know, healthcare practitioners, doctors, nurses work crazy hours and don't often put their own health first um, and don't oh, often yeah. take care of themselves. So they do need help taking care of themselves. And it sounds like despite all of this that you're doing, you know, you need reminders as well. <laughs> um, well, I'd like to take a risk and, you know, I don't want to live a life of mediocrity. And if I'm not going to say something can't be done unless I give it a go. Sure. First. And, and, and you're absolutely and, showing what can be done. The the That's right. You know, the human body is capable of far more than most people give it credit for. And you're showing Absolutely. That. Yeah. We don't know the end of human performance or human potential and so why not just keep pushing it until you drop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I and, and you know this all stemmed from a time in your life when when a doctor told you you didn't have much time left. And, and you're like, okay, well then I'm going to make the most of the time I have left. And that, that was 1998 that the doctor told right. you your, your life is over. Um, so what, what is the current state of your cancer? Um, well, not, I don't, it's, it's there. It's not like brewing as they say. Um, but it's, it hasn't been like turned on. Mm-hmm. However, there are a few um, side effects or 
symptoms that have reoccurred and came back. Um, a month or so ago, I was pretty sick, but I'm doing this run no matter what, right. and I'm going to make it. This is your legacy now. Right. And I told them if, if the cancer's back, it'll be back in August. I'll see you then. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Either, either, yeah, you're, you're like, either it's going to get me or I will get it checked when I'm done. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's just me and my decision and who I am. And, you know, the, my whole theme is rethink impossible. And people say it's impossible to do this and that. And I took on bodybuilding, mountain climbing, all kinds of things to show that nothing really is impossible. And, my entire run, other than Alaska, I all the only thing I funded it was by selling T-shirts and books. And I'm a I'm a nurse by trade and an author and a speaker. But I wanted people to say or look at me and say, "Oh, she's over fifty. Her her health is questionable. She doesn't have any sponsors." Well, if she could do that, then man, what could I do? Exactly. And so that. That's why I never took sponsor money and I just, and I wanted to go not through Lily White America. I wanted to go where there's just the roughest and toughest and where people, people don't want to go. I want to yeah. go where those people don't go. I'm going. And and has Alaska been that so far as, you know, you hear about Alaska being rugged, um, potential bears. Uh, what has been the hardest part of this segment of your journey so far? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, logistically, <laughs> it's really very difficult driving that, you know, it's 414 miles of Dalton highway. And then you have the Elliott highway, which is 80. It takes, it takes 14 hours plus to drive that. So I'm coming back to Fairbanks every eight days or so to, change out drivers, people that have volunteered and fly in, hang out with me in this tiny miniature casita <laughs> and, and no shower, nothing. It's like living pretty rough. Mm -hmm. I love being out there. It's so peaceful and it's a way to just decompress and go at the speed where you can really like live and enjoy life. And it is, but it is difficult and it's one hill. It's 414 miles of hills. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. So uh, I just want to get a greater understanding of logistically how this is happening right now. So you, <laughs> you run a certain distance and you have somebody driving a car kind of following you. Uh -huh. And then once you kind of hit the, the, the distance you've determined for a certain length of time, you drive back to Fairbanks. No, we drive wherever we're camping up there in gotcha. the middle of nowhere okay. on the Dalton Highway. Just every eight days, we'll come back or every 10 okay. to, to switch out drivers. And, and they're not actually following me. They're, you have to find a place to pull out. The truckers are king and own the road up there. Uh -huh. And you can't just stop and have a Kodak moment. You've got to get out of everybody's way. And so they're just out there ahead of me looking for wild animals and two days ago I did see a grizzly and a black bear wow so do they Man. are they are they in communication with you while you're running yeah well, like yeah. say they see yeah, a bear we, and they tell you hey bear ahead yeah if they're in range or walkie-talkies that promise 16 mile range work 
maybe for two miles. So if they're beyond two miles, I, you know, I'm not warned. You're on your own. But I have, my music is so loud and I have whistles, I have bear bells and <laughs> I sing really loud and off key. I don't know if a bear is interested in that. <laughs> You've got your strategies, your bear repellent strategies. <laughs> and yeah, so, and the bear spray. And the bear spray. That's the last resort. You got the bear spray. So yeah, you camp I'm out. Fun. You camp out periodically, and then every eight days you come back to civilization, switch out, Correct. switch out volunteers because the volunteers are on their own dime and they can't just stay the whole time, right? No, I wish. Yeah. And no, and they're, you know, it's tough. There's nowhere to do a manicure up there. There. It's like, hey, do you mind? You might not be able to shower for five days. Yeah. I mean, you know, the average person, that might be asking a lot. It is asking a lot. And there's no lattes up here. No lattes. You want to wax your lip? It's not going to happen. No. I mean, (laughs) thankfully, I don't know how many people are looking, but it's just the the bears and they haven't waxed their lips. So. Yeah. uh, (laughs) But I... I was educated really quick when I was doing the first leg Anchorage to Living Good. And, you know, this woman stopped in a truck. She pulls over and she runs to me. The bears are awake. The bears are awake. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And she's like, do you have your bear bell? I'm like, no. Do you have your bear whistle? I said, no. Do you have a horn? I'm like, no. She's like, do you have your bear spray? I'm like, no. She goes, well, what the heck do you have? And I pulled out my business card and lipstick. <laughs> she's like, she's you know, this bear is going to do business with you? <laughs> I know. Unless you're going to make <laughs> right. Unless you're going to make out with the bear. So that night we went shopping and I, I got it. I am loaded da- okay. down with everything. <laughs> That's how you learn, right? It's like, okay. Oh, yeah. You know, but so you know what I appre- I appreciate that you you know throughout all of this your sense of humor remains intact as well. Of course, but that woman followed me for three days. She kept coming back up and down the highway. Well, yeah, because she was concerned that you were underprepared for bears. She wanted to keep you safe. I know. Thought I lost my mind, but <laughs> maybe I have. I don't know. You might. You might have. You've been doing a lot. You may not be thinking completely clearly, but I that's did. part. That's part of what gets you through something like this. Is maybe not not being 100%, you know, clear of mind. I just want to display to people that, you know, you, if you put effort behind that hope, whatever hope it is you have or dream, then you never know where you're going to go. And it's just a little effort and try. And and that's just what I, I'm out there displaying. And I want people to, to see, despite all these obstacles or adversities or hurdles every single day, there's a reason to quit, but I'm not going to quit because then people will say I was right. It can't be done. There's no way I'm quitting. You've come so far. Why would you quit now? Oh my. And the doctor in ER, I'm like, if you, they did a DNC and I mean, I had general anesthesia and they removed a polyp and did a biopsy. I'm like, I only have like 30 minutes. (laughs) Can you get on? Can you TikTok? Can you get on with this? I know. So it was like 1 a.m. And I'm in surgery. And then the next day, I'm like, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Gotta go. I, I'm on a deadline. And so I know. Now I have to up the miles a little just to catch up on the couple of days. 
Oh my goodness, Celine. But you know what? You know what I love about what you're doing, and you know, you talked about it. It's like you're paying for this yourself. You're you're relying on the the kindness and generosity of others, but you're not taking sponsor money, um, and you refuse to take sponsor money. And you're just showing, you know, when so many other people would think about doing something bold and audacious, but would come up with all the reasons why they can't. I don't have money. I can't exactly. afford it. I gotta work. I you know, and and it's really really easy. I don't have time. Um, you know. It's really easy to come up with all the reasons why you can't. And that can prevent people from being extraordinary, from doing extraordinary things, from living their best life. And you're out there, you know, this started from a place where theoretically you didn't have time. And you're like, you know, and it's like, well, then screw it. You know, I'm going to make the most of my time. And now it's you've said goodbye to every excuse that could come up and and just shot them all down and showed that. If you want it bad enough, you will make it happen. Mm-hmm. You will absolutely make it happen. And I love, I love that aspect of, of what's happening with you, what, you, what you're doing. That's, that's right. It could be the simplest thing, like changing one thing about your diet or activity level. Yeah, you don't have to run across all all 50 states. Like, it doesn't have to be that. It can be smaller. And, and people are like, well, I can't. I can't change that one thing about my diet. I love, you know, this, this piece of junk food too much or I'm set in my ways or I have to have I have to have this thing and I can't give it up but it's like if you can run across all 50 states if you can face bears with only lipstick and a business card um you know <laughs> people can do things that are not this big and you know take this what you're doing and apply it to your life to whoever's listening to apply it to your life what can you do what can you say yes to that you had previously said I can't you know, and, it, and and not to wait for a life altering change or life altering event to start living. We should live now and stop for right. just be a spectator, be a participant, be a and participant just get out there in your own it. life. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, um, when are you scheduled to? I, I'm not sure when this podcast is going to air, but. I've already mentioned it's July 26th when we're talking right now. When are you scheduled to finish this run? I'll finish on at noon on Alaska time at the Arctic Ocean on my birthday, August 17th. That's amazing. And so did you set this up so that you would finish on your birthday? Yes. Thank goodness I gave myself leeway because, I mean, I wasn't planning to have two days for that corneal abrasion right, <laughs> to go right. to the doctors for that. And then. And then like hemorrhaging out there as I'm running, which is, I might as well put beef jerky around my ankles for the bears. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought I better, I better get to the hospital. (laughs) I am a bear magnet. You are. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yes. No, you had to get that handled before the bears got it handled. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But I wanted to get at least three days. I think I did, I don't know, 36 miles. And I'm like, I got to go. Yeah. I got to go to ER. Yeah. So, so strong likelihood that you are going to do this. You're going to get it done on August 17th. Oh yeah. I I have people coming in. (laughs) Yeah. We have plane tickets and everything. Yeah. People are going to come. Is there going to be a big finish line celebration happening? I don't know. BP is allowing me on, their property access to their property and that's not given to just anybody and um, I'm running the because I don't 
uh, there's no other way to get to the ocean yeah. other than this two-hour tour, which I'm not <laughs> going to go on. I'm <laughs> I'm literally running straight to the ocean, and BP uh, security gate is in my way, so they're going to allow me, and they're actually going to escort me right through their How cool, little though. property, How cool, which though. is about a 5K. Yeah, yeah. and and it'll be. I just can't even believe that nine years have gone by and I'm almost, I'm 300 and some miles away. Wow. That's just crazy. How do you think you're going to feel when you, when you hit that, hit the ocean? I don't know. Relief. And, (laughs) um, you know, there's sacrifices in doing something epic or, or just something to help others and inspire people or be an example, lead by example, you know, I miss my grandkids every day. I'm out here and I just miss them so much. And um, and then I work like a dog when I'm not out here running to, to make the money. Yeah. yeah I yeah. work massive 12-hour shifts, bringing so many together so I can do it. Back to living that, but I know, that healthcare practitioner life. Yeah. And I, yeah. I just, I know people believe in me and I promised myself I would do it and I don't want to break a promise. And no, you've I shown just, that um, you keep promises. You definitely like <laughs> if I if I needed you to keep a small promise for me, <laughs> I know yeah, that I can rely on you because you you're showing that you are big on follow through. I I think so. Yeah, that's sort of a, an example that was set by my late mom, and she. I'm one of six to a single mom who, you know, worked. Her, just worked three jobs and went to school and then became an administrator of a nursing home. And she was, she was a saint, but what an example. And she always helped those that were less fortunate and, and she did it locally. So I took her legacy and made it global. That's amazing. That's amazing. And she, she's, she should be so proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So when you finish, what happens next besides going back to work? Do you have your eye on anything else? Any other bold endeavors? Uh, oh, yeah. I've been planning, like, one on the run, which is what my run is titled. And that could be running from, for, with something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one meaning we're all one, not me as a just a singular person. And I believe that we are all one community, one team, and... Um, so, uh, I'm kind of running to run. I, I really like to run for U.S. Senate. Oh, oh. <laughs> so I'm, I'm announcing it on your show. Oh, wow. I got a scoop right here. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So everybody that knows me knows that I've been planning to run for office. And, and that was part of why I kept running as well, that I wanted to really meet the people who these 500 plus people in Congress are supposed to be working for. And I haven't met one person yet that anybody's working for. (laughs) And, and I want to work for the people that really need help. And I I just wanted to be of the people uniquely of the people where they live, work, play and, and meet them where they are. And you've done that literally, literally. I had a, just a front row seat across America. That's amazing. So when you do run for Senate and when you hit the campaign trail, 
will it be on foot? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Of course. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to go door to door. I, I started the Des Moines Marathon. I founded that in 2001, and I I did go door to door. I went to every house on the route about three or four times before the big event, and um, nobody believed in me. Nobody believed in the event, and it's, it's thriving now. I sold it in 05, and... Um, I went out and met the people who were going to share their their street with a couple thousand people from everywhere and how they can just be a part of it. And people just want to be a part of something. And and that's why the this run is so – inspiration has come full circle because I'm inspired and I know I inspired others and or I hope I have as much as people inspired me. Yeah. And just what a what a wonderfully meaningful thing to do. It's powerful just to be out there on foot, running the country, meeting people where they live, getting to know who Mm -hmm. they are, what they're all about. And then the next step is to, you know, represent them and help them. Um, You're you're just doing amazing things, Celine. I, I love every bit of what you're doing. And I'm so glad that we've had a chance to connect today during a brief break on your run. I, uh-huh. I contacted you at a really fortuitous time that you just happened to not be running. <laughs> so uh, I'm grateful for that. Um, so if people want to find out more about you, what you're doing, uh, how can they do that? Um, my website is being rebuilt and revamped and it's going to be pretty amazing because I'm shifting um, maybe the focus more on speaking but one on the run on Facebook is where all the action is. Yeah. And, and I popped we'll go, on there. We'll, yeah. I popped on there and, we'll and basically it's following everything that you're doing. It's following along. Oh, keeping yeah. People updated it's, on everything that you're doing on this run. Yeah. it's We're a little limited with this run. This is the most important finale. However, um, there's no signal. Only one place mm-hmm. along the Dalton or when we come back to Fairbanks. But everything's on there since 2010 and it's it's just a photo album if you will and some narrative that I write that just about the journey and um, that's where people follow and we'll have a live it'll be live at noon Alaska time on the 27th or I'm sorry the 17th 17th. noon Alaska time (laughs) on the 17th Um, and that's an hour behind Pacific time for those who um, are following along. <laughs> so, yes. um, you know, adjust for your time zone. Um, so I'm actually, I think I'm going to try and get this, get this out before you finish so that people can follow the end of your run. Cause I think that's really cool. Yeah, it'll so. be pretty cool. I have a flag, you know, I've carried the same American flag the entire nine years. And I <clears throat> had this finish line tape made up of a little four by six inch, flags for each state I ran through. So the first year it was eight flags. And of course now it's 60 because I've run through many states more than once. Sure. And you just didn't get the full impact visually with it just strung across the street and I run through it. So a friend in Wyoming made it into a real flag, like a four foot by, and it's so beautiful. So it's a flag of every state in the exact way I've run. (laughs) And, you know, like California, uh, uh, Arizona, it's 
pretty neat. And I'm going to carry that on a pole running through the finish line. What a triumphant way to finish an epic, <laughs> epic, epic adventure. Um, congratulations in advance. I want to congratulate you in advance Thank because you I so know much. you're doing, I know you're doing this. I know you're finishing. Uh, you're so very close and I'm super, super excited for you. <laughs> so for those who are listening, one on the run on Facebook, um, that's where you can follow the journey. I also saw that there's a link to, I think it's a Strava page that basically like GPS tracks where you've been. Oh, right. Where is Helene? Somebody where is Helene? that up. Yeah. Yeah. So I clicked on that and it's like you can see where you were at any particular date on this Alaska section. So you can you can literally follow follow along and see find out where is Helene on this last leg of your journey. Exactly. But it's a little confusing because there are so many fires here. So I've had to flip flop. Uh, One day I had to move with maybe five miles to go because they spotted a bear. And then another day I had to move because the the intensity of the smoke is unbelievable. And mm. so I've been flip-flopping. And now I just have been filling in those spots that I had to jump over. Right. Well, way to adjust. So, way to adjust on the fly. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's We all have to be adaptable, too. Like, that's, you know... That's another lesson from this is, you know, we, we start yeah. things and then we get sidetracked or thrown. What do we do in those situations? Do we give up or do we pivot? And it sounds like you've been That's really exactly great. Right. You've been really great at pivoting and then making sure that you get it done one way or another. Mm-hmm. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate just I'm humble that you invited me on to speak and it's, really made my day my whole Aww. week well I'm so glad that we got to connect because your story is just nothing short of extraordinary and those are the stories I like to tell on this show so yeah, thank, uh, you so much. thank you so much and have a blast on the final leg of your journey and then I can't wait to see what happens next with you congratulations and best of luck and I'll be following alright you got it I'm counting on it <laughs> All right, seasoned athletes, here are my top takeaways from Helene Neville. Number one, don't wait for a life-altering event to start living. You need to live now. Number two, it's time to remove excuses from your life. Helene could have come up with a world of excuses as to why she shouldn't take on this massive undertaking, or what kinds of roadblocks would prevent her from completing it. She took a no-excuses mindset and has been doing whatever it takes to make it happen. I dare you to listen to this interview and continue to allow excuses to interfere with your goals. And number three, nothing is impossible. Helene has faced challenge after challenge and many literal and metaphorical uphill battles during this endeavor she's on. But she keeps on running. She's not running fast or for time, but she knows she will make it to the finish line because she believes with her heart and soul that she will finish. Take this inspiration into your own life and take a nothing is impossible attitude for yourself. Thanks again to Helene Neville. Follow the final days of her run by going to one on the run on Facebook. Thank you for listening to the seasoned athlete podcast. The music you heard in this episode is from musical madman and genius, Jason Achilles. Learn more about him at jasonachilles.com. As promised, I have a free gift for you to help you bring out your inner seasoned athlete. 
If you've ever considered running your first 5K race but didn't know how or where to start, you can download the free Seasoned Athlete Quick Start Guide to Running Your First 5K Race. This guide will give you five simple, actionable tips to take you from couch to your first finish line. Who knows? Do this and maybe someday you'll be running across the nation just like Helene. You never know. Go to the show notes for this episode or just go to seasonedathlete.me to download your free quick start guide to running your first 5K race and hit the ground running. Do you know someone who would make a great guest on this show? Or do you have a unique and inspirational story to share? Shoot us an email, seasonedathlete at gmail.com. And check out our entire library of episodes and get to know our distinguished seasoned athlete alumni at seasonedathlete.me. Now go out there and embrace your extraordinary, my fellow seasoned athletes, because you so can.